I V M. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast, brought to you by Seat Tires. I'm your host for this Sunday IPL episode, Ashwin. And I'm joined by Varun in Singapore. DJ is out, I think, on a beautiful Sunday afternoon playing cricket, which is a little disappointing because the Delhi Capitals are playing as we record this. So he's made his priority calls, but that's fine. We live with it. Varun, another few exciting days. So we like we recorded last Wednesday, which means we have five games to cover. But let me just start by saying at the points table, none of us again would have really predicted not just CSK being right up top, but having a net run rate gap so big that it basically seems insurmountable at this point, right? What is going on with CSK? I think last year was just like an odd year for them. CSK has always been in the playoffs. They've always beat it the finals. And yeah, last they won in 2018. 2019, they made the finals. Last year was just the aberration. So I think they regrouped. It had been only six months. CSK probably turned that to their advantage. Dhoni is there. Dhoni actually today, is, we'll talk about it later, but he's not needed for his batting or... Uh, yeah, he's not needed for his batting at all. He's just needed for his mastermind. And he's a great wicket keeper. So, overall, it's working for them. They bat deep. Everyone keeps going from the first ball. I mean, Dhoni is a full-time wicket keeper in the squad. No question. Yeah. Right? So, let's talk about this. Because we're exactly at the halfway stage, right? There's a game going on right now. By the time people listen, more would have happened. But at this point, every single team has played seven games. I can't remember a year where the top three let's call it top four almost, and the bottom two or three were so divided, right? What's made the IPL so exciting is just how close the kind of splots two through six, seven are. There's usually one team that's fallen off. But Punjab, KKR, and Hyderabad, at least at the time of recording this, look like they're way worse than, let's say, Delhi, CSK, and Bangalore with Mumbai, right? Or or is it just me? No, the gulf is huge. And so in other IPLs that we've seen in the past... If it's 56 games, you're seeing that up to the 48th, 50th game, maybe only one or two teams are guaranteed. Everyone's fighting for that last two spots. So much so that it goes to the last game and net run rate. In this IPL, we're seeing it very different. I mean, there's two or three teams that have just broken away. A couple of results uh, were very interesting this week, which makes the table good in some sense for a fan. But otherwise, the top two or three are just breaking away from the rest. And it'll be very interesting for me to see what's the narrative now, uh, this year on the IPL. Because otherwise, it's it's about this tournament that goes on till the end. Now, if you've got top four settled by three-fourths of the way in, it'll be interesting to see what viewership is like. Yeah, really well said. Uh, we're going to need to be tracking that closely. But... We have five games to cover. So let's jump right into it. Since we were last with you on Wednesday with the midweek episode, if you haven't caught that, DJ and I recorded that. Go back and look. Let's have a listen. But the first match that happened on Thursday, which I believe was a doubleheader day, which is, again, strange to me because I didn't make changes for my fantasy team on this mo- Monday, this Thursday morning game because I'm not used to doubleheaders on weekdays. So that's my excuse for not doing well, even though I think I'm still beating the team. I think just remember it's being held on Super Sundays and Thunder Thursdays. But wasn't there one on Wednesday? Yeah, that was Wow Wednesdays the last week. Oh, you're right. It is actually Sundays. No, there's one on Friday at the end of May. There's no logic to this. There's no logic to this thing. So I refuse to accept that it's my fault. Fantastic Fridays, Thunder Thursdays, Super Sundays. Keep going. What about Wow Wednesdays? Wild Wednesdays? Wild Wild Wednesdays. Spectacular Saturdays. Come on, come up with two. Monday and Mondays. Why Monday if it's doubleheader? You're going to be more excited. Because there'll never be a doubleheader on a Monday. Anyway, we've died. Okay, we've lost enough time to talk about this first match. But there's not a lot to say, honestly, about Mumbai-Rajasthan. Rajasthan came out to bat, made 171, 
which is interesting. I'm of the firm belief that 171 for four is a is not good enough as a scoreline, especially when you're, call it 90-odd in the 10th over. And I'll tell you, like as a rule of thumb for us, you had a double after 12, 13 overs, unless you've lost a lot of wickets. So this one was a little disappointing for me where everybody batted okay, right? Butler, Jesswell, Sampson, Dubé all crossed 30, but nobody was able to go on. And yet they didn't leave enough time for a Morris or Tevatia to come in and, and hit sixes. So they made 171. Mumbai pretty much chased it down with an over and a half to swear. Pretty routine. Varun, I just want to ask you about Quinton de Kock, right? He, he blew a little bit hot and cold early on. But again, Mumbai and teams like Mumbai and Chennai back their players. They haven't dropped a guy like Quinton de Kock. Comes out to make 70. I think in all of Mumbai's wins so far, if I'm not mistaken, a different player has won man of the match. So how important is a lefty wicketkeeper at the top of the order for Mumbai? And is this the sign of him coming good, which means we should all be worried now? I mean, there's only two lefty wicketkeepers in Mumbai and both are very good. So, I, I don't know, man. I think, uh, you know, you talk about CSK backing their players. I think Quinton de Kock is such a class player that there shouldn't even be too much talk about Mumbai is backing him and he should be dropped. Realistically, the alternatives are Kishan or Chris Lynn. Chris Lynn, to me, is not a good enough replacement for Quinton de Kock. And Kishan has been given a particular role. And so I do have to mention that in this game, I think the biggest factor for me that was t- I was taken by surprise is that Mumbai Indians dropped Kishan. Somebody who has performed so well for them hasn't done that much wrong. Sure, he hasn't got off to the best IPL, but neither has Surya Kumar Yadav, to be honest. But they've actually opted to go with another bowler. And so Nathan Coulternail actually replaced Kishan. In some sense, of course, there were other changes to make sure that the overseas quota uh, was met. But that was a shocking decision for me. Yeah, it is interesting. I think a lot of these sides go through these balances. But Mumbai have come off of two losses and then turned this around with a win and got another. So obviously the decision to go one, let's call it batsman light, because you can rely on Pandya Pollard and the other Pandya in the middle order seems to be working for Mumbai. So honestly, not a lot else to say about this game. I'd love for you to give me the rundown on the next match of that doubleheader Thunder Thursday or whatever you called it, which was Delhi versus KKR, which I know are one of your really favorite teams and one of your, like, let's call it least favorite teams. Uh, but it ended up... The least the, favorite the least team. Favorite. Let it, tell us what happened. The least favorite team. No, so, yeah. So this is a, a game where I've got a lot of friends from KKR and we have a lot of friendly banter that turns very heated after a while. But essentially, KKR looks great on paper, right? We We can't doubt that. It's just that they've not been able to get off to a great start. But what KKR doesn't seem to be doing is they don't seem to be going to the meeting room uh, or the round table and discussing and seeing what needs to change. And so they just came out and played the exact same template of cricket that they have been playing and nothing is going to change. So you had Rana, Shubman Gill all striking at below 120 and Tripathi. Morgan got out for duck, Narayan out for duck and You'd reach the stage where suddenly they were 82 for 5, 109 for 6. And I think that the game was lost in that regard straight away. Now, I do have a special mention for Andre Russell, who I think on his birthday or just on the day or one day before, he came out and hit 45 of 27, which was a, which was a great effort given the context of the team. But to hit 154 in 20 overs on, on a wicket, that should have been at least a 175. I think it, it was a pretty poor performance all round. And can't help but think that KKR just keeps leaving it towards the end. They're, you know, 
the other thing I've learned this IPL and it's it's very it seems fairly obvious what I'm going to say, but batsmen need a little bit of time to settle in. Unless you're A.B. de Villiers or Russell, you actually don't need time and you're such a great player. But it's not going to work, man. So essentially, they they got to 154 for six. Again, the thing is they're facing Delhi. And as a Delhi Capitals fan, you always know that while we've done well in the last two to three years, you can never put a performance past Delhi where they could get bundled out for 80 or 70. But boy, what a start it was. Prithvi Shaw came out in the first over to Shiva Mavi. The first ball was a wide. The next ball was a four. And at that point, the score was five for zero of 0.1 balls. And I started getting feels of Virinder Sehwag. And then this guy just surpassed Virinder Sehwag because the score at the end of that first over was 25 for zero in one over. And he hit six fours. The only other guy who's done that is his Delhi teammate, Ajinkya Rahane, back in 2012. So it doesn't happen very often. Six fours in the over. And if I can be honest, I think the game was just taken away at that stage. You know, even the KKR friends of mine, they the, the fans... Everyone was like, at the end of first over, like, this is done. There's there's no fighting back in this. The total we've put up is not big enough. And Dhawan supported him beautifully. Prithvi Shaw got 82 of 41, strike rate of 200. Pant came in, hit a couple of sixes, and nothing more to talk about. It was it, it was a very convincing win. And I would say it was almost like a thrashing in some sense. Yeah, at one point, we were all so close to feeling like we're going to get that 10-wicket win. And then Pat Cummins, of course, picks up three wickets suddenly out of nowhere. So it became a seven-wicket win, which we're pretty happy with. The one thing I do want to say, which I think is interesting, is Shikhar Dhawan just molded his game beautifully, right? And I loved his words in the press conference where after he said, you know, the, Shaw was striking at 200. He was just hitting the ball everywhere. I realized I can play the anchor role for this game and kind of go back into my old mold of playing. And if this guy can mold himself to batting faster when he needs to, slowing down to, a, to adjust and accommodate for Shaw when he needs to, that is incredible versatility. So I was really glad to see and, that. We, yeah, go ahead. And, and they asked him that if you were younger, would you have tried to compete with Shaw and go a little faster? And he said, yeah. If I was 10 years old, like if it was 10 years earlier, I think I would have tried to speed up. But in I'm 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 10 years older and wiser and so I knew the role I had to play the point is to win the game for the team just incredible maturity I think really really well said so another nice little win for for Delhi uh, especially against KKR so nice that you were able to to celebrate that one as well at Ahmedabad and then we came into Friday now this was a fascinating match Punjab versus Bangalore you know arguably a lot of people say the the Punjab team is basically a Karnataka team in some ways with Rahul and Mayank and these guys and Kumble coaching and all of that stuff but Punjab versus Bangalore is always a fun game and this is the match actually where we had a couple of interesting things we want to talk about so Baron let me quickly run down right first off let me say and acknowledge we've just learned that KL Rahul missed out on today's Punjab game because of a an acute appendicitis uh, infection so he's been admitted to the hospital he's missing out at least for the next few games presumably the rest of the IPL so we wish him a speedy recovery you know in this game against Bangalore though he looked phenomenal right like after all the criticism of batting too slow strike rates of 110 120 and all that stuff he comes out, makes 91 of 57 balls. Similar template, started slow, but just ability to accelerate at the end. He showed us what this guy's made of. Gale played pretty well too. They made 179, you know, a little, a few weak performances on the from the, the other batsmen. But they made one change. You want to add something on the batting? 
Yeah, I, I wanted to just say I was out for dinner during this innings, and it was such a weird innings because every time I looked at my phone, the score was either ticking like six four six four, or it was not moving for like five minutes in a row. And so I was like thinking something is wrong with my app. The Crick Buzz app is not refreshing fast enough. And but later, like you said, only three players got double digits. They got there very fast. Everyone else got single digits. But somehow they still managed to get to a run rate of nine and over. Yeah, exactly as you said. It was very up and down the whole innings. They ended up at 179. I want to highlight that at the end, this little flourish came from this new guy they brought in. So interestingly, Arshdeep Singh, who had a really good start to the tournament, got left out and Harpreet Brar came in. Lefty, tall, off-spinner. But he came in bat late in the innings and made 25 off 17. So you're thinking, okay, this guy's made a pretty good impact in his early, in, early on in his match. And then RCB came out to bat, right? Yeah, and I just want to say, look, everyone who's watching the IPL knows that there's a Seat strategic timeout that is taken. Obviously, we are partnering with Seat. And so what we want to do is, we want to try and at least every episode talk about one strategic timeout and how that shaped the game. We're happy to do more than one. We would like all of you listeners to write in and tell us if you think there's a particular strategic timeout that you felt that a coach and a captain were discussing something that could have changed the game. Let us know. For this week, I'm going to call out the strategic timeout that the Punjab Kings took against the Royal Challenge Bangalore. At the end of the ninth over, RCB was around 60 for one with Virat Kohli still there cruising. They had bowled majority of pacers. Harpreet Brar, who Ashwin spoke about, had just bowled one over so far. He had gone for nine runs in that over, including two leg buys. But typically a young new cricketer goes for nine runs. You, you don't bowl him again very quickly, right? After the strategic timeout, KL Rahul comes out, gives Brar the ball and... Man, after that, it was just like this turnaround. So I think, Ashwin, for the first time, we've got a situation where the Seat strategy timeout really worked brilliantly. And Harpreet Bar is our puncture-resistant player of the week because apart from getting hit in that first over, he came back and on the first ball after the strategy timeout, he'd got Virat Kohli. A few balls later, he got... The Glenn second Maxwell. ball. The second ball. The, the second ball, actually. So he was on a hat-trick because he got Glenn Maxwell to beauty where he got bowled. And there were all sorts of memes going out. And Vaseem Jafar also said, Preeti Zinta was saying thank you to Maxwell against his old But team. Maxwell, this was and interesting. Maxwell just stood there because he was in pure... Dis- like, did he want to review a bowl? Yeah. This is, it's happened before yeah. with Kohli. But he wanted to... Re- it yeah. almost like he wanted to send, the, send it for a referral for a bowl decision. It's like, what are you going to check for? It was bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so this this young kid then comes out. He gets two wickets and two balls. He's on a hat trick, and I think four, five balls later, he gets AB de Villiers. So, I mean, for all of those guys who are playing fantasy, if you want to use your booster, you pretty much do it on a day where Kohli, Maxwell, and de Villiers are playing, right? And this guy just cleaned up everyone's hope of getting any fantasy points that game. Yeah, I mean, phenomenal, right? No question about Harpreet's impact on the game. Punjab ended up winning against Bangalore, who was looking so good. And of course, now have lost uh, two of their last three games, including beating Delhi by one run, which we've talked about. So Bangalore's starting to look a little bit shaky, but full credit to Harpreet Brar. Just an absolutely phenomenal. I mean, Kohli, Maxwell, and AB in your first game for the Kings Eleven Punjab. Oh, excuse me, Punjab Kings. I said it wrong. Yeah. But just phenomenal. And and you're right, RCB need to watch out just a little bit because Chehel is not bowling very well. 
and Harshal Patel, who started off the series phenomenally and is still the purple cap holder, so 100% credit to him, has now gone for 37 runs in his last over of the previous game and 20-plus runs in this game versus Punjab Kings. So he gave 53 runs for no wickets at four overs. Yeah, back-to-back games of 50-plus runs, yeah. Yeah, so that is the only thing where, you know, where RCB's biggest weakness has been their death bowling. Suddenly, if if Harshal Patel was the answer and now it's going back the other way, somebody needs to talk to him, give him that self-belief, the confidence, because if he doesn't click, RCB's going to have a hard time. Yeah, absolutely well said. So that brings us to the end of the third game. Pretty interesting, right? You've seen now in this fire in the week, Mumbai looking starting to look stronger, Delhi continuing to look pretty strong, and then... Punjab kind of picking up a win against a team that has looked strong so far. We're going to come back after this short Seattle Tire strategic timeout and talk about the last two games of the week. We will see you shortly after this break. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. All right, Varun, we talked about a lot. This next game was probably the the highlight of the tournament so far, right? How often have we seen games like this? How often do you see a game where a team makes 218 and gets the opposition, I'm getting ahead of myself, but gets the opposition to 81 for three at the halfway mark. And you're thinking, all right, this game's pretty down and dusted. I wasn't even fully watching it. I got, I was fortunate. The weather was great here. I was out playing some golf. I had my phone out mounted watching it thinking, okay, yeah, this game's pretty done. I don't need to pay attention. And somehow... This champion mindset, this champion mindset. I mean, basically, Pollard does this once a season, right? So I'm getting ahead of it. I'm going to ask you to run down the game. But Pollard freaking does this once a season, right? Where from a losing position, he'll do it. Now he's cemented his spot in the side for the next six games at least. But this is pretty. This is a phenomenal game, but also a pretty typical storyline, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's fantastic because I have to say that the games in Chennai was starting to get a little bit boring. Now, nothing against the bowlers. They did really well, but... As fans of the IPL, we want to see games where 220 is being chased down quite regularly. I mean, that's what makes this exciting. So, Chennai Super Kings put it to bat, 218 for four. Faf, again, 50. Beautiful at 180. Moin Ali, he's the standout performer for me. He's just clicking game after game. And I think it'll be very interesting to see if... Morgan actually changes his approach to T20 cricket for England by bringing Moeen Ali into the setup. I mean, I think he deserves a look-in. And then, special mention for our 3D player of the week, Ambati Raidu. 72 of 27 balls. I can't remember the last time somebody has actually hit runs that quickly. Strike rate of 266. Got them across the line. I mean, Jadeja was playing the support character in this particular knock. 218 for four. It was really interesting because in one of these select dugout uh, conversations in the innings break, Brettley said, I think they're 20 runs short. And oh, everyone was that. laughing. And, yeah. And everyone was laughing and everyone was, you know, like, uh, they're, they're, they're crazy. This is Chennai's game all the way. So can I say an interesting stat that I saw? This match had two, in one T20, had two century partnerships, right? Faf yeah. and Moin 
made a uh, 112 run 108 run partnership excuse me and then rayudu and jadeja had a 102 run partnership i mean how incredible right like where did you that i can i maybe the first time it's happened in the ipl like i don't have that in front of me but two separate century partnerships just phenomenal batting from chennai yeah absolutely it, it was great man and that's what we were talking about with chennai dhoni and sam karan and thakur didn't even bat and so that's the beautiful thing about this team is i think each of them has been given that instruction that just go and swing it get the runs as quickly as you can because there is enough batting to come so fantastic performance and then mumbai indians come out dikok and rohit looking good both going at about 130 140 but not looking great some edges some miss hits some balls were flying to the boundary we have to also give the disclaimer that the ground is very small this is at the kotla so a lot of miss hits do fly for four and six they both got out sky comes in sky gets out very early extremely disappointing krunal pandya walks out at 4 and then suddenly kyron pollard comes out and supports him now that's when the game changed because in the middle overs pollard was just donking sixes for fun i think there was one jadeja over where he hit him for three sixes in one over and you don't typically do that with jadeja right so Kyron Pollard got going. Krunal Pandya supported him. Hardik Pandya supported him. But single-handedly, Pollard has he he got them over the line. So Ashwin, I have to ask you: Is 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 he our unanimous Seat Secure Drive Player of the Week? I mean, no question about it, right? We could have, yeah, no question about it. I don't think anybody will debate that with you. Eighty-seven of thirty-four gets them over the line. I want to ask you a question. We talk about so yes, hundred percent, Kyron Pollard. So he had secure drive player of the week. But I want to ask you a question. In the first innings, Bumrah went for 56. I don't remember the last time I saw Bumrah get hit so much. Dhawal went for 48 with no wickets. Bolt picked up one for 42. Everybody was getting hit. Kyron Pollard got two overs, picked up Faf, and picked up Raina for just two runs. So he pulled two overs, two for 12. Should we have known this is this guy's day? I mean, he just, he came in, he picked up two great wickets. Two for 12 in a match where Bumrah goes for one for 56 in his four over. It's a cricket is a momentum yeah. game, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, some, like the way Jareja had his day a few matches ago, a week ago or so, today this was Pollard's game. And it's a one-man show, man. He stopped that, the two batsmen from from getting big scores. Even though Chennai got C- uh, 218, it's possible they could have got even more. And then he comes out of the bat and does this. I mean, just absolute... Dem- demolition, destruction, and I—I I think he single-handedly won them that game. Yeah, phenomenal, right? Just again, like I said, one of the highlights of this year's tournament so far. The CCS can make 218. Mumbai chase it down. I, I personally don't love the phrase El Clasico that they stole from Real Madrid versus Barcelona for these two teams. We could come up with a better name, but you know these are two of the giants of the IPL, right? Let's be honest. And so phenomenal to see. Sad that Chennai came up short. But still sitting pretty at the top of the table, and Mumbai has now started their resurgence, right? Where they started really. Anybody who's watched any IPL knew that when Mumbai started pretty weak, like they had three. What did they have? They had three losses in their first five. You knew better. We we know better that Mumbai is too good a side. Rohit's too good a captain. Too much depth. We knew they were going to come back, and boy, did they come back with a vengeance! So, full credit to Karan Pollard and the Mumbai Indians, and that brings us to our last match of this episode that we're going to cover, which was. Super Sunday was it Super Sunday or did you have a better word for it? I think it was Super Sunday. I think it's spectacular Saturday and Super Sundays. Spectacular? Oh no, Super Sunday. Let's call it spectacular Sunday, just to be different. <laughs> um, the first match of the double header, right? Rajasthan 
played the Sunrises Hyderabad. I want to talk to you about the big news of the week that we didn't address up front. That was a statement issued on Spectacular Saturday. Is it still spectacular if there's no double header on it? Anyway, the statement issued on Saturday by the Sunrisers, which was that Warner is being stripped by the Spectacular Sunrisers, that David Warner is being stripped of his captaincy. And obviously by implication, they said, David Warner, they're going to rotate the overseas players. We now know that he didn't end up making the 11. Warren, let's add, let me ask you about that, right? We had, he's been at the helm for a long time. He's been a phenomenal contributor. He missed out on one year of captaincy, obviously, because of the sandpaper gate ban and all of that stuff. Was this the right call? That's a big decision to strip David Warner. Like anytime you change captain mid-season, DK did it last season where he handed off to Morgan and was this the right call? It's it's not a good decision to change your captain mid-season, I personally feel. It's a tough situation. In fact, even when DK did it, I think he realized that there's a champion captain in the side, a World Cup winning captain in the side. And so you got to give him the credit. And DK gave it happily and continued to play. In this case, I am a bit puzzled as to what has happened. Because remember, Warner made that comment to say it was harsh of the selectors to leave out Manish Pandey in the last SRH game. And like, who the hell are these selectors? Like, if Warner doesn't have a say, then who, who, who is taking the, who's calling the shots in this? Is it VVS? Is it Moodley? Is it Tom Moody? Who is calling the shots? So I think there's an element of, you know, maybe Warner wasn't really in charge. I think there's an element of Williamson, is he a better captain? Because Warner's not really captain. But I think that that's kind of BS in my opinion. And then it comes to the third point, which I think is possible, which is that it happens to players sometimes. Warner is just not striking the ball like he was or like he should. So I think there's an element where he himself might have said that, you know, I'm okay to take a a rest for a couple of games. I don't know. There's too much speculation in this. I think it's harsh. I think I've never seen a, a team where David Warner wouldn't be the first overseas player on the team sheet. So it's going to be a tough call. All I can say is that I hope he takes a couple of days break and he comes back in. And then let me just ask you, the, I, I couldn't agree more. You said, really, you said it really well. It's a, it's a tough call. But the overseas like-for-like like swap they basically made was to bring in Mohamed Nabi. Right? Yeah, now, now that to me was very odd because I, I was going into debates with my friends about, with, I, th- I thought they would bring in Roy. My gut feel told me they'll bring Jason Roy in. A lot of my friends said Jason Holder will come in. Uh, either way, there would have been a Jason, but uh, that, that would have been pretty good. But then they've rocked up with this Nabi and... Even after they selected Nabi, I said, okay, the problem is the power play. You're going to send Samad up the order with Bairstow to go hitting. And then you send Manish Pandey up the order. So who is doing, who is the think tank behind this team? And why is it so confusing? Why don't you have the clarity of thought? If you're going to play Nabi, you should have played Holder to give you that uh, experience with the bowling. And as you talk about the game that just happened, I'm, I can guarantee you they missed Holder in this game. Yeah, I mean, that's a good segue to talk about the game really quickly. But Rajasthan made 220. So it's unlikely, it, it's so rare that you chase down 218, 219. It's unlikely that we were going to see it three times in five days or twice in three days, rather. And especially not from a Hyderabad team that looks like they struggled. But Joss, Joss Butler, thank you, Joss Butler. He was my fantasy captain this morning. So that helped me for sure. But made 124, just a spectacular innings. And also very well paced, right? He started pretty slow, started close to just, you know, 110, 120 strike rate, and then just picked up and unleashed when he was feeling good. Samsung gave him good company, making 48. 
I mean, they made 220. I want to ask you quickly about the Hyderabad bowling because the Sunrisers arguably have done well over the years and shown up as a strong competitor, largely because of their bowling. And here you have Sandeep Sharma brought back in, went one for 50. Khalil not looking good. I mean, uh, you could argue in the past, Khalil, Call, Sandeep, like these are not the, the biggest names and yet they've come good for the, the Sunrisers in the past. What, what do you think has changed this year, Varun? Is it captaincy? Is it field positioning? Is it decision-making? Or is it just that other teams have figured out these kind of happy medium type of bowlers? I think other teams have figured it out. I mean, look at this 11, man. Like, you've got Vijay Shankar and Kedar Jadav playing. You've got Manish Pandey, who's an India reject on... Like, I, I don't like the guy, but I don't want to be harsh. I know you do. But you've got Manish Pandey. Then you've got... Abdul Samad, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, Sandeep Sharma, Khalil Ahmed. You are, you're just confused. Who do I play? Nobody seems to have the clarity. You've sent Williamson at three, which is okay. But at the cost of a Warner, you've then got Vijay Shankar and Kedar Jadav in a game where you need to up the scoring in the middle overs. You should have sent Nabi and Abdul Samad up front. Like, what are you doing? So... There's just a big mishmash. I think SRH are extremely confused. Somebody needs to go in and help them just clear their minds. I don't know, man. Unfortunately, they don't seem to have enough overseas slots to play all their great players. But something's got to change. Yeah, I mean, I don't honestly have much else to add, right? 220 for three given and then you end up at 165 for eight. Not only is it well short, it's going to hurt your net run rate. Chris Morris picked up three wickets. Mustafa Zur Rahman picked up three. I got to ask you quickly about him. He looks solid this year, right? After having a tough couple of years, suddenly he's picked up another three. He's almost bowling some weird hybrid of left arm quick and left arm off spin. I mean, his cutters are so hard to read and that just becomes an asset, right? For for a team like the Royals. Yeah, and blessing in disguise because if Jofra Archer was there, Fizz wouldn't have been playing. So... Still don't believe there's space for both of them. But sometimes when, when a player gets injured and you have a quality international bowler already in your side, that's when you realize that, uh, that they're not missing that much, right? So great from Mustafa Zur's perspective, great from RR's perspective. But yeah, I, I think I, I still believe they're missing Archer. So safe to say, unless we see a little bit of a miracle, I think the Sunrise or Hyderabad have a lot to come. I mean, one win out of seven, two points at this point. Very difficult to see line aside to them. I mean, even if they win all seven in a row, of course, mathematically they're in. But it's not looking good. KKR probably burn out of contention for you or you think they have what it takes to come back? Or they're just enough, they'll come back just enough to come fifth. Is that your... I think I think they'll even I think they'll do just enough to come fifth. Okay, and so is it a battle now between at the halfway stage CSK Delhi, RCB Mumbai, and then Rajasthan and Punjab potentially fighting for a top four spot, or is those top four pretty set for you? No, I, I don't think the top four are hundred percent set. I'll tell you why. I think Delhi and RCB uh, have done well in the in the last couple of years, but don't forget they have that propensity to collapse. So. I think CSK is by far ahead. I think Mumbai Indians, just based on their team and self-belief, is the number two team. And I do believe Delhi and RCB are going to be number three and four. But don't don't put it past either Rajasthan or Punjab to f- just be able to sneak out one spot. That's pretty much it, right? Five games, great yeah. to cover. Let me quickly ask you for a prediction because at the time of recording this, Punjab made 166 versus Delhi. Mayank Agarwal is new skipper. Made a beautiful 99, my vice captain in fantasy. Thank you very much. We'll do a quick update on fantasy uh, before we wrap up. And Delhi's sitting at 37 for zero in four overs. Do you think we can pull this out? Yeah, I think so. I think this is our game. All right. Well, listeners, by the time you listen, you'll know if we were right or wrong. I think this Delhi should be able to do this as well. But 
Thank you, as always, for joining us. Thank you to those of you who are playing fantasy cricket with us. I'm just going to hit refresh really quickly and give you a quick update on our league. So in number one spot is a team named Kurma number Kurma 9 Dream. Always the weirdest team names and hardest to pronounce are the top three. But sitting in number one with 10,800 points. But he's only got 12 transfers left at the halfway mark. So I feel like they're going to drop off. Johnny Blazer is still in top three. At number two, Yashasvi06 at number three. And DJ's favorite team name, Nattubhai11, is at number four. I have made a nice little surge thanks to Butler and Mayank. So I'm now up to 17. I think this is my first time in the top 20 of the Edges and Sledges fan league. Pretty exciting. Varun, I gotta keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling. You're down I'm in, ahead of DJ. You're number 76, but you have overtaken DJ, which is exciting. And DJ's oh, yeah. just behind you at 85. So I think there's under 100 point delta at the time of recording this. Thank you again to all of you guys who are playing. As always, send in your questions, your comments, feedback, everything. We're on all social media at one tip one hand. We're on contact at one tip one hand.com for emails. We'll be back as always with a midweek episode this week to talk about the, the next few games of the IPL. I should be with DJ for that episode. You get to hear plenty of me. This has been the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. Drive safe. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bama Nirani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on The Filter Coffee Podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi. Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.